Welcome to When God Breaks Through, a podcast designed to look at the messy moments in motherhood and show how the gospel applies in practical ways, giving us hope and grace as we interact with our own kids. You'll hear crazy stories and life lessons from my mothering of eight kids. But more importantly, you'll hear the hope Jesus offers us for peace and not anxiety, for grace both for ourselves and to extend to our kids, and wisdom to point them to Him. I'm your host, Bethany Kimsey. Welcome back to The Kitchen Table. I am so excited to be sitting here today with a friend of mine. Her name is Rachel Adams, and I have had the pleasure of meeting her in person, but I have loved the work that she does for probably almost three years now. I don't know if you even knew this has been that long that I've been reading and listening to um, your podcast and reading your things, Rachel. But Rachel and I are going to be talking today about understanding the significance of the work and the life that we live here in motherhood when so often the world and sometimes even just our own doubts will make us feel like "Mm, what we're doing, nobody sees and it's not super significant. And I believe with all of my being, I think God has convinced me that he is actually shouting from the heavens. No, what you are doing is so significant in the kingdom in kingdom work in my eyes. And so today, Rachel, I'm so glad you're here with me. Um, it's a pleasure to introduce you to all my, all my listeners and for them to begin to know you and to know even your heartbeat um, about this topic. Rachel has written a book really that just marries beautifully with this topic of understanding that our lives are significant and that we live a life that is worthy because God um, leads us. But for now, Rachel, I want to say hi. Thank you for coming today. Thank you for having me. And, you know, it's interesting because as you're just even talking, it, it's amazing to me that, you know, even before I officially met you, you know, you saying you've been listening and following. And isn't that such a reminder that we just, we don't know who's paying attention. We don't know who's listening and reading and watching what we're doing, even though many times we feel unseen um, and like the work we may even be doing if we wonder if it matters at all, but it's just already immediately just hearing you say that is such a sweet reminder um, to my heart that um, God, first of all, sees, but we, we have no idea who else is being affected by what we're doing and just our lives in general. Mm. So I'm, I'm thrilled to be here and talk about this message. Mm. Well, you are a mom of two or three, two. Okay. Two. Yeah. Uh, I have uh, will is uh, 13. He's a seventh grader. And then mm. Kate is 11 and she's a sixth grader. So I've got two middle schoolers. I just started school last <laughs> week and, um, I don't know. My mama's heart is struggling a little bit with it. It's like we, we raise our kids to be independent and do things on their own, but gosh, if I could just be a fly on the wall with them at their school and continue to fix and protect and, you know, be the helicopter mom, I know I'm not supposed to be. <laughs> no, I know. Is it hard? I mean, my husband is always a very good voice to me of saying we want them to go forward. Because a, a lot of times I'm like, no, we don't. No, we don't. They are the best here with me. <laughs> but 
It yeah, is. no, even, even at open house, um, the other night, I, you know, walking my daughter around and trying to talk to everybody and trying to meet all the other girls that I think she could be friends with. And she then comes back home and she says, I should have brought dad. <laughs> so, and she said, you're trying to make friends for me. And so I told my mom afterwards, I said, mom, why, I, I embarrassed, you know, my daughter and, you know, this parenting thing is so hard, isn't it? And my mom said the, one of the hardest parts of parenting is, is to let our children hurt. And she said, you know, we, we want to fix, we want to control, but at the end of the day, like they, they have free will, they're going to make their own decisions and, and that's how they're going to learn. And it just made me even think mm -hmm. about like our heavenly father and how, he must think the same thing about us. You know, he could control and fix and do all the things, but yet we have free will and he can watch us hurt or he can watch us walk in wholeness either way, but like how much we're learning from our mistakes. So anyway, that's, this is kind of the season of life that I am in as a parent. I feel like kind of surrendering, you know, guiding and loving and trying to teach my children best I can while I have them. Mm -hmm. um, but then like surrendering them to the Lord and like they're, they're yours. And um, I pray that the, the little things and the moments that we have had together um, help them, you know, make the decisions wherever they are along the way. Mm -hmm. I know that's good. So has it, how do you so you have, you have been writing and you, you podcast and, and you do a lot of work, but you also, um, I've heard your story that in the doing of all the things that you complete for the Lord or, and all those other things, you've really struggled though, with the thoughts of what am I doing? Like, what am I about? And what am I being a part of? And I know that for me, there's been many years where, I really did a couple, I did a couple things. I would swing from, I'm doing everything, all the things for my kids. And it is so valuable. It's so important to what am I doing? Like what of any of this is mattering for any reason other, I mean, nobody sees me do these things. Nobody knows this is happening. I'm not even seeing any results from anything I'm doing. I don't know if I've heard you talk about this before too, about those feelings of that. What is my life supposed to be like? And what am I supposed to be living for? Yeah, Bethany, this is, this is my attention. This is what I wrestle with. Um, honestly, well, my whole life, really, you know, I was born, um, my dad is an entrepreneur and so very business minded, you know, growing up, we would even, he would have a sign contracts of goals we would have and the date that we would complete that goal and sign it to make it official, you know, like the power yeah. of writing things down and like everything is quantifiable and productive and, um, and then when I graduated from um, college, I went into the family business and was in accounting. And so, you know, like this is just to, to tell everybody who's listening, like this is my tendency. I like, I love lists. I love just anything that you can cross off the list. It's super yeah. satisfying to me. Yeah. Um, and so that's how kind of how my mind works is this performance mindset anyway, um, and just trying to kind of earn that love and and so, you know, when my husband will come home from work uh, on many days, especially when my kids um, were babies and toddlers and, you know, staying home with them as a full-time stay-at-home mom, um, I really transitioning from the workplace into the being a stay-at-home mom, it was a really tough transition because 
I was like, well, wait a minute, like cleaning up Cheerios for the 20th time today and (laughs) changing diapers and feeding kids. It's like, wait a minute, I just did this yesterday and now I'm doing it again today. (laughs) And, you know, like, I don't know what to report to you. What did I do today? You know, except the same thing I did yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and, uh, and so, you know, in that season, I just really, really struggled and, um, I felt like the Lord was just saying like, Rachel, there, there's nothing more important than you can do other than to take care of these children that I have entrusted to you. You have value and all of these things that you're doing for them. It matters. Like be faithful in these in these small things, you're, you're crafting like the next generation for me, like the next, the next disciples, like this is important work, you know, whoever, even if, you know, whoever's in your home, your, your husband, your children, like whoever, your neighbors, whoever is around you, like steward that. Well, that's what Jesus did in the Bible. Whoever he was around, Mm -hmm. he, he stewarded that well and focused on the one in front of him. And so that's been such a reminder, um, for me as well, uh, when I get caught up in, this mentality of like doing, 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 I have to remind myself of like being, 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 because at the end of the day, like God, I think God even doesn't want us to love him for what he does for us, but just to love him for who he is. And I know that's how I want to be loved and viewed. And I know that's what I want to show to my children. Like, I love you just because of who you are and not anything that you can do or produce. Uh, mm-hmm. that's a message that I want, um, to try to instill in my own children. Oh, that's good. It's, it's hard though, isn't it? I'm very performance minded too. And, um, I think retelling myself the gospel, I mean, honestly, every day of, you know, Bethany, God, God's not invested that this outcome is perfect. God's invested in your heart being lined up with his. And when your heart's lined up with him, you can trust him for the outcome, whatever that outcome looks like, you know, and, uh, and really, but goodness, I am so wired to be much more like Martha than Mary. Mm. And I think the second thing that my husband and I talk a lot about, about that, about living with that intentionality of God, I want to be with you. I want to, want to know you and I want to marvel at who you are. Uh, and understand that I'm welcomed before you with no stipulations. There's no strings attached to that, that I can do anything. You know, my exchange is my sin. I mean, I just, that's what I exchange. And, um, and yet he gives everything, but understanding like my husband, and I talk a lot about, it's so easy though, when we parent to pass down Martha and not Mary to begin mm-hmm. to say, to, I mean, and I think I'm very guilty of, I may have verbalized, well, you need to, I want you to know Jesus and I want you to love Jesus, but I somehow link it to Martha tasks versus like what you were talking about, about just being, you know, you're who you were, you were created to be is enough to sit with Jesus in. And, um, I thought, I think that's really beautiful what you said there that God is, wants us to value him because of who he is, not because of what he brings. Mm. And then therefore all relationships stems out of that kind of a place. 
Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I'm even reminded just even just biblically, you know, when, when God created Adam and Eve, he looked upon his creation before they had done anything. And he said they were very mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. And then the same thing was said of Jesus in the new Testament before he had officially started his public ministry. When he was being baptized, God, the father looked down upon Jesus and said, this is my son with whom I'm pleased. And so the, the reality is, is because we're created in God's image and he looked upon us and he said that he was pleased. And because we have the Holy spirit in us as believers and because God is significant, then we too are significant. It has nothing to do with, with our works. We simply are significant just because he resides in us. And, and there is, I do want to say, like, I don't want to demean working and doing things for the Lord because there is work to be done. Right. (laughs) But the difference is, is we just, we can't, there is value in our work, but we can't, um, obtain or, um, gain our value from the work we do. If that makes any sense. Yeah. And yes, it does. Cause the work doesn't circum, it doesn't come around and get in front of the position that we sit in. You know, I think right. I was reading a book about that just the other day and just that, um, that, w- that we have work to do, but and it has to sit in its right position, which is within the faith that we have because of who Jesus is. So it's, it's, that's good. So tell me about your book that you wrote, because I know you wrote a book that really speaks to this in a lot of ways and will help maybe directionalize our hearts. Um, in the mornings as we start our days? You know, I, I, I started to notice that I was struggling with this idea of significance. And so I wondered if other women were too. And so I, I pulled my podcast listeners and I found that the same results, like they're doubting what they have to offer, whether their life matters. And I thought this, this is an issue. And because God wouldn't have us here if there wasn't something for us to do, you know, Mm -hmm. or, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and a significant life for us to like, to make a difference. And so, and I think our culture has started to tell us that like, only the big things matter. Like bigger Mm -hmm. is better. The bigger, the platform, the bigger, the audience, the, the, the more people you have to steward or, or whatever. And so I just started to look at the Bible, like, God, what, what do you say about this? And I, I know God can use big things and I know he will do big things, but I also don't want us to discount the small things because as I started just to, to read God's word, like the, how many uh, little things he, he used, you know, like little prayers and little conversations and little meals and a little encounter with just one and mm-hmm. God values the one. And if you start to just look at how Jesus himself lived his life and the things that he noticed and valued and rewarded, um, they were little, you know, like the hairs on her head and the, the flowers in the field and the birds in the air and the widow who gave two coins or like the leper who said, thank you. Or the woman um, beside the well that gave like a drink to Jesus, you know? And I saw, it's like, if, if that's the way that he lived his life, then that's the way I want to live my life. And I'm going to trust that he's going to take every little thing, whether I can see it or not. I'm going to trust that he is going to use that and he's going to take it a long way for his kingdom and for his glory. And it may not be on this side of heaven, but Mm -hmm. I believe that when we get to heaven, we're going to look back and be like, Oh God, you use that. And I'm amazed at how you did so. Oh yes. I was talking about that with, um, 
I, I love that. I was talking about that with one of my girls because she was, she's wrestling a little bit with, um, so she's been on the mission field for six months and she's come home and, uh, we've been having these conversations of what's next, like what's her next step. And I think God's revealed big things and big truths to her. But then the natural thing, kind of like what you just said is the world says, so therefore go achieve big things, you know, make it big and splashy and in talking about that very thing that our little things become very important in kingdom work. And I, and I agree with you. I don't, I don't think that we're going to, I don't think a lot of it will even know until um, heaven. And I think that will be part of our worship of God, the awe of understanding what he has done Mm -hmm. and that we were invited to go along in the process because that moment when we understand what a word that we said or a way we treated somebody kindly or something that they saw, whatever, the things that we don't know that aren't big and splashy, um, it, it won't be for our glory and even in heaven. And I think that's the thing is here on earth. Um, the things that I have done that I've been like, Oh, I did that. Well, well done. Or other people have said, Oh, well done. It's been known. It's been seen. There's a glory that's given to me that if I'm not careful and I've been very, very guilty many times of being not careful of saying, yeah, I, I I did that. And, um, but in heaven, the understanding of what we have been able to be a part of and the glory that is due him because of it, there won't be glory for us, but we won't care about it. You know, I'm, I'm just reminded of even, even in the Bible, if we're not careful, we can kind of just focus on the big moments of people's lives too. You know, we can read about David's life in one sitting and we forget how long he shepherded in the field day Mm -hmm. in and day out, sitting in the grass with his sheep, you know, with his harp. And we forget those are like battling with sweat dripping down his face, you know, multiple battles, you know, but we look at like the one moment, like the sling and the stone and the, you know, like those, (laughs) those big glory moments. Um, and so I think we've got to even be careful to not read the Bible that way. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, the, these, these characters are Esther, you know, you think like she, she saved a whole people group, which she did, but what about all the days that she fasted and, and lived with all these other women waiting for the King? You know, it's like, those were the little moments of faithfulness, the little moments of the everyday mundane ordinary that we are so tempted to gloss over in everybody else's life and just focus on the big, the big main thing. But, um, and God's going to do that in our lives too. But I think we've got to just stay faithful in those every day because he's preparing us for that big moment in the future. Yeah. Yeah. I do think that probably all those days in the field for David and all the days fasting and waiting and all the things, I mean, that's that preparation season. And for you mm-hmm. and for me, bypassing just the act of sitting with your Bible, sitting with a devotion, sitting before the Lord and saying, God, what, what do you have for me for today? Mm-hmm. If we bypass that waiting for the big, um, I don't think we're prepared for the big ever probably to come. Mm-hmm. I would say that. Well, the- I think it- Oh, go ahead. 
No, I, would, I was just going to say, I think that that's really probably the big part about it. Mm-hmm. Well, I love looking. I think it's a lot easier to see the significance of all the little things when you look back, <laughs> you know, yes. when you're in the moment. And I think that's why it's so important to like, write, write it down how God's been faithful to us. You know, the answer to prayers, the little things, the little ways that we see him working into, and, and that even helps with our, like our gratitude and, and building our faith as we keep track of those, of those little things and the things that he's doing in our lives. Mm, yes. So the book that you wrote is 52 days, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. what was your favorite? When was your favorite one to write? Did you have a favorite? Oh gosh. I think it changes, um, probably on the day for whatever reason. And I don't know why, but the one that's coming to my mind and maybe it's because, um, cause you, you know, we're talking about children and motherhood and, you know, parenting. And, um, I'm just thinking about like the power of a story and my, my son, Will, I mentioned, um, he is in middle school and he, so he p- plays football. And after school, his coach will read a devotion out of a a team Bible, like a devotional. And after, um, after one of these days, he said, if anybody would like one of these devotionals, I'm happy to get that one for them. And so my son, Will was like, yeah, I'd love to have one. And I actually found it in his backpack. And so I said, Will, do you want to keep this in your backpack or do you want to put it beside your bed? And he said, no, I'll keep it in my backpack in case I want to read it during reading time at school. And I just started to think like, I was proud of my son because I thought, well, who's to say, you know, he's reading his Bible in, um, in class one day and somebody else sees him reading it, you know, and then they ask about it. Mm -hmm. And so I guess I'm telling this story today because I'm thinking, I'm thinking of my son's coach and who first told God's story to him, Mm -hmm. you know, and then now he's being obedient and sharing it with his team. And then Mm -hmm. I look at my son and who could share it with his classmates and those classmates who could then share it with a teacher or their family at home. And I think it just, it just starts with one. It starts with one person being brave enough. It starts with one beautiful story of good news. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I'm just so encouraged by that, that God is going to use our stories for his glory. He's using his story for his glory and just to be obedient to tell the next person about it. Um, and so that's what I pray that this book is, you know, this is my story of God working through me and it feels little in some ways, but, but I'm trusting God and I'm putting it in his hands. And that's all he wants us to do is just to say yes and be willing and say, here's what I have. This is what I want to offer to you and Lord take it and use it. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful book. Personally, I think it's lovely on the outside. So I can see um, giving it to friends. I have also wondered, I would love to do that. I would love to do this devotional book with um, some girlfriends. I just can see that becoming a a way to have good conversation. You know, sometimes I think I see the same friends like in Carolina or in passing at school or at different things. And it's hard to, um, it's hard to like, like without being awkward to go, so how are you doing in your walk with the Lord? And you feeling like you're <laughs> making a difference where yeah. you are, you know, I mean, it's like weird. That would be weird, but yeah, it is, I think the heart cry of so many women and you, t- you, you speak to that in this book and to be able to invite, um, in my head, I'm thinking four or five of my friends to say, let's do this. And then, and then it's natural 
for me when I see her in Carline at school. She's like, oh my goodness, did you read yesterday's? And if she goes, no, I haven't read it yet. Or she says, yes, you know, you can go, well, listen, you have to read it because this is what God was saying to me in it. And this is what I think is happening in my life and what I'm relating to. And I think the beauty of your words are that because they echo what women feel and the way we, a lot of times will engage life and see life that um, it becomes a nice, like a natural jumping off in, in community with other women to kind of use your book and to say, this would be a great book for us to do together. And then talk about how are we being purposeful in the now, even if the now is changing diapers and finding pacifiers under beds. That's how there was a time I remember saying that to my husband. I'm like, all I do is change diapers and chase pacifiers down. Like nobody can keep up with their pacifier and everybody's constantly doing something in a diaper. And he was like, I think there's, I think there's holiness there, Bethany. And he's mm-hmm. like, I'm going to encourage you. I'm praying that you will find the holiness in those moments, but there is that mm-hmm. what you're doing is holy work. So it's even that and the stages that I'm in and you're in now, which is more like the middle school. I mean, oh my goodness, I need all the tricks, you know, to wash the sweaty uniforms and make sure that they get those dress stains out. Oh my gosh. You know, and I'm like, why is my life consumed with this? Why am I changing from one detergent to another? But, but even in those spaces, God can use that in our world and speak holy truths to us. And I think that your book does that. And I think it will do it in a language that could be common for women so that women could use it even in groups. Whatever we do, do for the glory of the one who made us. Right. That's right. You know, and as you're talking and I hope it's okay to mention it, but I feel like you just touched on so many of the things, even in the devotional, you know, like the power of just like a little conversation or a little encounter with somebody, you know, we're all around somebody, whether you're like listening to this podcast in your cubicle or, you know, you're um, sitting next to somebody at the sidelines or you're talking to the cashier at the grocery store, like sitting next to a mom at the, the playground, watching your kids play, like there's somebody next to you. And like, could a relationship start with a simple hello? You know, it doesn't have to be like the grand gesture of like, like you were saying, like, so tell me about your walk with the Lord, yeah, you yeah. Know? But, it, but it can get there, you know, so start with a hello and that's something simple. And then maybe then start with an invitation to a Bible study. Do you want to start reading this book with me? Uh, Whatever that book would be. Um, Do you want to come to church with me? Do you want to join this Bible study? And like, just watch where God takes that. You know, those are things we can all do. It can be a little bit scary, especially for if you're an introvert, I'm an introvert. And, but just watch, take like one step of boldness or one step of courage and watch watch what God will do with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because he loves I think the thing I tell, tell my kids all the time, again, nobody else really probably, but he loves to, he loves to blow our minds with how he'll bring glory mm. to himself. And we just yeah. kind of stand there and go, my gosh, like we have a, um, talking about the power of just saying hello. Uh, we have some amazing dear, 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 dear friends of ours. And the way that we became friends is my husband sat next to what was at that point, her boyfriend on an airplane and they, Mm. he, not my husband, the other guy was flying home from a mission trip he had been on. 
And my husband was trying to fly home to us in Atlanta. We were living up in New York at the time and we were down summering for the summer in, in Georgia. And he was just trying to see us. He hadn't seen us in a month. And he's, and, and if you hear my husband talk about it, he's like, honestly, I don't like talking to people. And he's an introvert. He's like, I don't like talking to people. I don't want to talk to people on an airplane of all things. But those two struck up, not just a conversation, but it has become a relationship where, I mean, we love them. And those children are our godchildren, and we, I am praying all the time for them. I love that family and God has used them significantly. And again, I think God sometimes giggles in delight and he's like, watch how I'm going to bring glory out of this. And you can't do anything but say, thank you, Lord. Yeah. He's the one that multiplies it. We just got to give, give what we have, give who we are and watch him do the work. Yeah. Yeah. And it's amazing when he does it. Oh, I love, I love that. So where, where can people find you? They can find you on Instagram, but tell, tell all the ways people can find you. And please let's talk about your podcast too. Cause I, I love your podcast. So tell, tell everyone about your podcast. And so the, the title of the podcast is the love offering, which is so ironic because I doubt what I have to offer myself. And so it's been interesting that God has had me on this, this journey. So basically each week I have a guest on that will talk about how they are offering God's love. It's the, you know, the greatest command to love the Lord God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength, and to mm-hmm. love our neighbor as ourself. And so how are we doing this practically? How are we living out our faith in our everyday lives? And um, for this season, um, I'm actually going to correlate the podcast with the devotional. So if, for example, if the devotional is maybe a little meal can go a long way, then I'm bringing on a guest um, to talk about like that, that topic as well. And so it's going to take a little bit of a different turn this season, but I hope it adds a lot more depth um, Mm -hmm. to, to the podcast this season, but that can be, you know, found wherever any platform, um, that you listen to your podcasts. And then, um, the book is available wherever books are sold. And then you can find me at Rachel Adams author on social media. And then rachelkadams.com is my website. I'd love to connect uh, with anybody because again, I believe every encounter, every interaction, every hello, it all matters. It does. Thank you for today. I appreciate you. I love, I love your heart. I love the way that you are just so kind in real life. And it comes forth in this, it comes forth in the work that you do and all the different spaces. So, so for everybody Thank listening, you, for me. you can find everything in the show notes. I will have all of her links. I highly encourage you to, um, number one, you should get the book, but number two, listen to her podcast, listen to her words, and then read her words. Her words are good. Um, And thank you, Rachel, for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. I hope you enjoyed this episode of When God Breaks Through. If you're wanting to connect with me and with other moms walking in the same messy moments, head over to bethanykimsey.com. That's where you'll also find the show notes with any links, as well as more resources you can grab to help you see that when God breaks through, when we see Jesus at work, the fuzzy intersection of real-life mothering and the gospel becomes very clearly defined. We can walk with confidence and purpose. Have a grace-filled day.